You are listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast episode 30. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there's a particular career path you've wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. My name is Wayne Denner. Thank you so much for tuning back into another episode of the show. We have hit a big milestone. 30 episodes of this podcast now available. Firstly, I want to thank each and every one of you for giving up your valuable time and tuning in to what we have to offer here on the show. Of course, a massive thank you must go out to all our guests over the past 30 episodes. This show would not have been possible without our guests or indeed you, the valuable listeners. So once again, thank you. Of course, if this is your first time coming across the show and you've never heard about it before, let me give you a quick rundown on how things work around here. Each episode, we bring you no-nonsense Real and right to the point podcast banter on business, entrepreneurship and indeed life. Maybe you're someone who's always wanted to start a business or get started in a particular career path. This is the podcast for you. You've come to the right place and we're going to provide you with some real and practical advice and tips that you can apply which will help you succeed on your business and life journey covering a range of topics. As always, if there's something you would like me to cover on the show, please do get in touch. I would love to hear from you. You can drop me an email into the show at zero lives left podcast at gmail.com or send me a tweet over at zero lives left. Don't forget reviews are really important and if you're enjoying the show we'd appreciate a little review over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio or whichever platform you are listening to this show on today. Reviews are really appreciated and they do help other people find out about the show. Today we've got another packed episode for you so you're going to want to make sure you have got a pen and paper uh, handy. You're going to want to jot down some of this great information that you're going to get in today's episode. We're going to be chatting with Neve McCauley from Purple Dots Video, who's going to be talking about how businesses and also individuals can take advantage of creating engaging video content, which helps generate customers and open up opportunities. All right, let's not waste any more time and get right in to episode 30 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Neve McCauley is video marketing manager and trainer with Purple Dots Video. She's over four years experience in camera production and video content throughout the island of Ireland and has been growing Purple Dots Video for the past three years, producing over 200 promotional videos for businesses throughout Ireland. She creates and produces promotional videos to advertise products for small businesses and educates users and promotes events. Neve's clients range from manufacturing firms to construction companies, retailers, charities, banks and everything in between. Neve has delivered her mobile movie video making workshop to over 100 entrepreneurs helping inspire them to use video as part of their marketing strategy. 
She's passionate about helping businesses grow. And Eve is joining me on the Zero Lives podcast today. And Eve, thanks for taking time out to join me on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Listen, Eve, there's no doubt that video marketing is massive and continues to be the number one thing that many businesses are starting to explore. They're starting to produce maybe some of their own video content, um, maybe via their smartphone. Um, And consumers want more and more video. They want to be seeing video on social media platforms. So across social media channels, whether that's from Facebook to Instagram or even over to LinkedIn, we are definitely seeing more video content. Do you think this trend will continue in 2018? I'd say this is the year that it will definitely grow the most because I know for the likes of LinkedIn, they've only got around to giving out video buttons now. Um, I only got mine a couple of weeks ago. So it just shows that we're only at the beginning of what video is going to become. It's definitely the future. It's definitely going to be massive from here on. So businesses want video uh customers want video i know myself that really i like to watch video whenever i'm on social media i'm kind of one of these people who i don't want to read anything i just want to watch i want to watch a video and i want to watch a short video and i want something that's going to sort of have an impact on me or 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 help me learn something um businesses sometimes can feel overwhelmed in relation to where do you start how do i get into video what do i need do i need to splash out on a big sort of really expensive camera um What sort of challenges or what do you feel are the main challenges that many small businesses face when creating video content? I would say talking to small businesses and even big businesses, every single one of them, I would say the main concern is their confidence. Um, They always think they need to splash out money on a big fancy camera or a big fancy video. But really what my workshop is about is creating video through your mobile phone. And you wouldn't believe most mobile phones now are up to 4K standard. Um, my mobile phone that I'm using at the moment is um, an iPhone 7 Plus, which has actually outgrown my camera. So my phone is actually better quality than my camera. Um, so it's just knowing little techniques to be able to do it yourself, really. And many businesses really can do a lot of this themselves if they if they think of it from that approach. I mean, what are some of the tips that you would share with sort of small businesses in your workshop? If you had sort of, you know, five tips right now that you could sort of share with the listeners of, of this podcast on, on really how to get started in video marketing, because I know it's kind of a daunting experience. And really, you know, I'm sort of I've been producing sort of video now for the past couple of years in relation to the online safety sort of work that I do around educating children and young people and parents about how to be safe online. And, you know, the the, the barriers to entry, I suppose, have come way, way down and really what the equipment is that you need. Like a couple of years ago, you would have needed to have a sort of a, a standalone camera. But as you mentioned, rightly, you can use your smartphone now. I've sort of invested in other bits of equipment. But those businesses who are listening into this episode of the show, sort of what are five tips that, that, that you would share with them today? I would say the main thing would be to practice. And um, people are okay with your first video not looking perfect. It's something that you have to work on and build on. And people are going to see you progressing. People are going to see that your first video isn't as good as your up-to-date video. But it's just about practicing. I would also say go to family members and get some feedback on what the they think if they think that maybe you're talking a bit too fast or maybe it's not clear enough i would also say plan out your videos script things before you say them but try not to say them like you're saying a script try and make it sound human and natural um and just go for it as well like it doesn't have to be perfect like people in this day and age people are okay with it not looking perfect because to me it looks more personal if you make it look less perfect 
Um, people feel more engaged with videos that are more human these days. Um, I know about 10 years ago, it was the thing to have a corporate video that was perfect and slick. But for social media, videos are more disposable. So people are okay with them not looking perfect. I think that's a great one. Videos are disposable. And that's actually, yeah, it's a key point, actually, because, you know, obviously, once people watch it, they're going to move on to something else. And I think people then can get caught up in the trap whenever they're producing the video. And I was guilty of this as well. I mean, I was trying to re-record, re-record, you know, oh, that didn't sound right. I sounded like, a, you know, an idiot there and what I said. And, you know, maybe I didn't come across um, effectively or I didn't come across as clear as I maybe wanted to. And I think sometimes that's an area that businesses can struggle with. I mean, how do you make sure if you're from Northern Ireland that people are understanding you and you're clear? And I know there's certain parts of Northern Ireland where, you know, the accent maybe is a little bit more difficult to understand. You're your own worst critic. Everyone hates the sound of their own voice. And most of the time when you ask for feedback through like family members or someone that will give you actual feedback, you know, to criticise you in, in a nice way, you'll find that it gives you more confidence because people aren't going to talk about your accent or talk about that your hair wasn't brushed. You know, you're the one that's thinking of those things. Um, they're just going to be listening to the content in, in itself. So I would definitely say it's it's all about the content. People people don't care what you look like. The only, the only thing that I would say is to have more confidence in your content, you have to kind of work on what you look like um like I know I do my makeup and stuff just to give myself that wee bit more of a boost on camera um so that's the only time I would I would care about your appearance well, I do try to style the hair up as well you know before going on obviously because that's that that's important to me so just like the makeup is important uh to the to the, to the ladies out there maybe the guys want to get the hair styled up maybe a bit well shaving is probably not a good example today um as I'm trying to grow the beard out. but yeah I mean you know there are things that people can do obviously to make it more human uh, make it more personal. And I think that's really, really important. You know, you mentioned planning. Uh, that's really, really important. Uh, and I, I th- something that really, in the early days of video, I really struggled with. I didn't do any plan. And as a result of that, I kind of, whenever I went to do the video, I got all confused and I got all flustered. But then when I actually started to sit down and, and storyboard something out, um, I noticed that my video started to get a lot more better and it started to become a lot more easier. So the planning is really important. The storyboard and the planning, definitely. And also the call to action. You need to think about what action do you want the person to take after they watch your video? It may be, you know, visit the website. It may be call us now, but it needs to have a specific action at the end that the person feels obliged to do. Otherwise, there's really no point in doing the video. You could just be talking about your content and they don't feel the need to do anything at the end. Um, so definitely it's it's thinking of the overall um, point that you want to get across and the call to action at the end. Exactly. That's really, really important. And one of the things that used to happen to me was, and again, just me sort of sharing my experience as well here today, um, was I used to kind of ramble on in the videos, you know, not be, you know, I wouldn't understand the objective maybe necessarily and the camera would be switched on. And, and I see this quite a lot actually in videos today on the internet and social media. Many people who are just starting out are, are, are kind of rambling in a wee bit and you can kind of tell that there's kind of no planning gone into it. And if, if they had a just taken maybe five or ten minutes or even 20 minutes pre going on to camera and starting to record that video and and doing a little bit of storyboarding it might have been a little bit more effective for them and in some cases they forgot that call to action at the end yeah exactly it's so important because 
you'll find that um, you'll start repeating yourself. You'll start going over what you've already said. Um, and then that can be a bit confusing for the audience because they, they can't really grasp what the video's point is. Um, so it's really important to have a start, middle and end, like start with an introduction end with a conclusion and then the call to action. Um, I usually have them all in that exact order so it makes more sense. It's like reading a book, you know, you want your video to have some sort of story to it. And you want to be trying to tell a story in your content. Now that leads nicely on to the next question. I mean, many people fear standing up in front of the camera um, and even hearing their own voice, they kind of cringe. And again, this is uh, this is something that everybody needs to overcome, I think, whenever you start to produce video content. I mean, I do a lot of sort of public speaking in schools and whenever I started off doing that, I mean, the thought of actually starting standing up in front of a crowd made me want to vomit in a bucket. And it was a bit like that whenever um, I went to video. I was like, I sound horrible. I sound awful. Look at the cut of me and all this kind of stuff. And these are the kinds of things that people maybe are going to sort of um, think about whenever they start off. I mean, so so what kind of advice would you give somebody maybe, you know, th- you know, who's got that fear, who's trying to overcome that fear and step outside their comfort zone? Because that's kind of what people are doing here. Um, they're stepping outside that comfort zone and they're broadcasting um to the world or they're creating a piece of video content that a lot of people can see the main thing that i notice in videos um your shoulders tell your fear your shoulders go up and get really really tense and then your audience feels tense watching you because your shoulders are so defensive (laughs) that would be my main thing when i'm interviewing a client i i try to get them to loosen up their shoulders because that's the biggest telltale sign so it's almost like faking it until you make it like i'm still nervous in front of the camera but your your audience doesn't know that. It's just remembering that it's almost like acting. Um, another thing would be, uh, I would tell people if they're terrified of looking down the camera lens, which is also really important when you're addressing the audience, it's to look directly down the camera lens. And in your phone, that's not very obvious. It's a tiny dot. So when you're recording yourself on your phone, look at that tiny little dot. The main thing that I would say is if you don't want to look down the camera lens, imagine that you're getting interviewed. I would talk to either an object or a person off camera and answer questions as if someone's asked you them. Um, I know a lot of people do this technique. As if someone had said to me, uh, where do you work for? I would answer with, well, I work for purple.videos. And then people off camera would assume that you've just been interviewed. And um, that's another technique that I know some people use when they don't want to talk directly to the camera. Those are good tips. Those, and those are important tips that people can. And, and actually, those tips will be very, very useful for, for if you're not, even if you're doing a podcast as well, where there's no video involved. I mean, again, just the sound of, you know, just the sound of people hearing their own voice can be very, very off-putting for them as well and I think again going back to the point that you made earlier on in relation to the the video content being very much disposable uh, and just understanding that you know people are used to seeing video now on social media they're used to consuming video and and again taking those steps and implementing them and, and practicing maybe a little bit and maybe sharing that with family and friends before you put it out to the world wide web is probably a, a good way to go something you have to to remember is no one actually remembers your content from a year ago um like i would say oh do you remember that video i did where i was talking about this and people are like no i don't because they've got so consumed with so many videos people forget the stu- stuff that you put out so even if you do make a mistake you'll find that nobody will remember that one word that you pronounce wrong you know it's so disposable people are so apologetic um it's not going to be permanently on your gravestone <laughs> i think that's the main thing that people are terrified of is like this is going to ruin my reputation but it's really not it's it's so laxity these days it's it's not going to be about forever and again more and more people are doing it and there's lots of great examples where you know you can see you know people you can see progression as well i mean i always say to people whenever i talk
talk about video, go back and look at some of my early YouTube videos. They're absolutely horrible. And I mean, I've, I've kept them up on YouTube purposely so that I can see progression myself because that's really, really important. And I always say whenever I launched the podcast two or three years ago, the first couple of episodes, I'll be honest, weren't great. They were very, very ropey. No radio station in the land would have let me near their, 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 their own radio station if they had to listen to that first. So really... That you do get better, you do learn, and te- techniques do help with with this sort of stuff. Talking quickly about equipment because that's really really important, and we kind of we kind of touched this at the start of the episode about what equipment do I need? Do I need to go and splash out on a, a HD camera or a, like a like a DSLR? Or can can one just start with their smartphone? What are sort of three bits of essential equipment that you feel are really really important that if you're considering starting video that you must have? Well, I would say the main thing would be to get yourself a tripod. They're really cheap on eBay or even in Argus. You can get really good tabletop tripods um, for five or ten pounds. But it makes all the difference. And the main telltale sign of using a mobile phone is the steadiness. Um, Like cameras are that wee bit heavier, so they're not as shaky. That would be the main thing I would say to go for first. Um, then I would say probably a lapel mic or a boom mic. You can get ones for mobile phones, which also makes the sound a lot better. Um, and if you're looking to really splash out, a gimbal would be the main thing to go for. Um, I know when we first purchased a gimbal here a couple of years ago, it was in uh, the 200, 300 pound range, whereas now you can get one for about 100 pound. Um, as long as it's three axle, that's like the, the balance of it. Um, it'll keep it really nice and steady and you'd honestly think that you're completely on wheels like you're just sliding through it's so smooth and it is the ultimate thing to get for your mobile phone if you if you are serious about doing video content so technically a couple of hundred quid would get you up and running and that would get you the sort of basic equipment that you need in order to start producing some video content Definitely. And what I always say is I love the fact that only one or two hundred pounds will get you like a massive amount of equipment for a mobile phone. Whereas if you did have a Canon, it would be in the thousand pound range. Like all the attachments for Canons are so much more expensive than for your mobile phone. Um, and the content is just as professional, really. You can't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, you touched on something really, really important um, in relation to sound. And I just want to sort of move on into the next question because that's kind of really, really important. And I, I remember attending a YouTube video workshop with a guy called Steve Dotto um, at the Social Media Summit in Dublin. And one of the key things that I took away from that was when creating video, or this is what he said, when creating video, people won't excuse oh. per quality audio. Would you agree? I have not seen a video now in a while that did have per video, like audio. Um, a lot of the time, the likes of your mobile phone can pick up things quite good. Um, the only thing that would concern me is that if you are outside, that's the only time that I would take audio into account is if you're near a motorway or a road um, and you can't physically hear what you're saying. Um, that's the time I would be saying use your lapel mic or your boom mic. Um, other than that, if it's just you in a quiet room with your phone, the audio should be fine. Um, another thing that I love doing, I love uh, buying great music. Like it's the music that really sets the tone. Um, the likes of First Trust Bank, I would use nice, fun ukulele music because it gets the customer feeling like it's a friendly environment. Like the 
the music definitely sets the tone of a video as well. It's very important. That's a good point, actually. And I, I'm not, you know, that's something that, that people sort of struggle with. I mean, where to find good quality music? I mean, it, you know, there are websites online where you can pick up, you know, free stock images and that sort of stuff. And I've always found, and this is what sort of I've kind of struggled with, um, is that whenever you go to look for music, where do you go? Um, what does it cost? I mean, you know, what would your sort of recommendations be on where to find really good quality stock music? But also, um, not having to remortgage your house to be able to, you know, to use that in a video or maybe sort of be careful in relation to license restrictions. Is there anything there that you can sort of highlight sort of? Well, I know um, we would purchase all our music off Audio Jungle and it is coming, uh, it is in dollars, it's from America. And I know it would be anything from like $15 to $25, um, but I know that they they have everything, everything you can think of. Um, You just type in what style you want and it's there. Otherwise, I know on YouTube, in the actual, there's a section of YouTube that you can edit videos. In there, they have their own licensed audio music as well for free. Um, and I know that even if you type in um, no copyright music, there's music on YouTube that you can grab yourself for free. Um, otherwise, I would purchase licensed music myself. And Audio Jungle is really good for anything you need. Yeah, that's the one I've used in the past. Actually, it's really, really good. You can download sort of. And there's, I was doing a video before Christmas there, and there was a great little Christmas track that I was bells ringing and sort of all that sort of stuff. And I was able to find that. And you're right, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, sorted that out. And then you're sort of you sort of keep yourself on the right side of the law in relation to using something that maybe you didn't ask for permission with, or indeed there's copyright restrictions with. So I think that's really, really important. Somebody did say to me before though as well. And if you know anybody who can produce music, uh, I mean the colleges are a great source of. Um, you know, musicians who are there studying maybe music and they're they're producing their own little music track and maybe that would be a good place to go if you were looking for a specific piece of music created for a specific purpose. That's what somebody mentioned to me b- before to take a look at. Um, so yeah, so so music, audio, that sort of stuff's really, really important. I mean, in terms of putting the video together, editing it together, making it look sort of slick and um, this is something that many people struggle with. And I remember when I was doing my master's in 2008 in communications, um, one of the um, modules was to create a video and edit it using Adobe Premiere. Now, when I opened up Adobe Premiere, I near fell off my chair because I had no idea how Adobe Premiere even worked, let alone how I was going to put something together. So from that point of view, there can be a massive sort of steep learning curve when it comes to editing video. Um, So you've shot the video. The editing can be difficult for some people. Um, What kind of skills or what advice would you share with people in relation to putting that video together and making it so that you can upload it to your social media profile and it doesn't look kind of all over the place? Anyone that I tell about the different apps and the websites that you can get, um, it's all about practice. Uh, There's so many different YouTube tutorials out there. The likes of Elements and Premiere Pro and Final Cut, um, they're all quite complicated. But in this day and age, you really don't even need to know how to edit. Um, The likes of Magisto, which is a, a free website online, it edits for you. So even if you think, I don't want to even learn how to edit, I just want it to do it for me, you can drag your clips into that and it'll edit away for you. So I would say in this day and age, um, there's going to be so much more apps, so many more websites out there that is going to edit for you. Like people don't even need to learn anymore. Um, but if you are looking to learn, um, you know, there's plenty of websites and apps and like Splice and things like that that you can just edit away yourself. Um, otherwise, I would say if you are looking to be a bit more complicated, um, I would be 
a lot of my stuff self-taught off YouTube. There are so many tutorials out there to learn it yourself. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, mean, I started off on um, iMovie initially because it came free with the Mac and I kind of sort of graduated then out of iMovie because I found it was a little bit sort of restricted in terms of some of the things that I may wanted to do. And then I kind of moved across to um, Final Cut Pro, which you just mentioned. That's kind of what I'm currently using at the moment. And then kind of I'm going to YouTube and, and what I've started to do recently is add those little sound effects in my video now. So whenever my Twitter appears, it goes ping. You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm kind of experimenting in, in these kinds of things. And I think that's where something like iMovie is great or, or indeed um, Final Cut Pro. But my, my bigger goal is, of course, to try and go back and learn Premiere Pro and, and After Effects and, and see, can I maybe take it to the next level? But I'm not quite there yet. So I think the point is that don't feel overwhelmed with video, that you have to be an expert editor, that you need to understand how some of these complex um, editing platforms work. That's not the case. As you've already mentioned, there's a lot of great free tools available online that will do the editing for you yeah definitely and I know even for the likes of After Effects I had no idea about After Effects at all and it wasn't until my boss told someone that I could do animation and I was suddenly under pressure and I had like a month to properly sit and learn After Effects myself um so I think sometimes if you give yourself that wee bit more pressure you will learn it like now I can do any sort of animation on After Effects you know because I've had three years now to teach myself but Sometimes you don't actually need someone to teach you. Uh, it's just about you having that goal to learn yourself. Um, now, let's talk workshops because you regularly run workshops across Northern Ireland. Um, you've been out and about. I seen on LinkedIn the other day, you've got a number of workshops coming up over the next couple of weeks and beyond uh, throughout various enterprise centres in Northern Ireland. Um, so, you know, tell me about these workshops, sort of what things can business expect that's going to be covered in these workshops? Um, is there going to be practical elements to it? Um, and really, what are good businesses going to be able to go out the door being able to do when they attend one of your workshops? Well, I'd say um, the first thing that I would cover would be knowledge of the Mojo Kit. And Mojo stands for mobile journalism. So I have a massive um, kit full of things that are specifically designed just for a mobile phone. Um, there's nothing in the workshop that you won't be able to use yourself. Um, I also go through practical ways to film. There's a little demonstration in the middle of the workshop that you'll have a chance to use all my different kit. Um, and then there's positioning and lighting and angles um, that'll make your content look more professional. Uh, then around the end, we go through social media videos, um, live videos on Facebook and how website videos are different from social media videos. Um, website videos can be a bit more longer, whereas social media is disposable, as I said. Uh, and then at the very end, I usually go through mobile apps and editing and website and software that um, you can use yourself. But absolutely none of it is complicated at all. And it's things that, you know, anyone will be able to learn themselves. And typically, how long does a workshop last? Do businesses need to bring anything with them? Obviously, bring their smartphone. You know, that's probably about it. Yeah, it's usually um, three hours. I know some places it's two hours. Um, but in those three hours, it's kind of like I jam in as much information as I can. Um, and people are usually left with where they do feel confident enough to produce their footage themselves. Um, I usually make sure that every single person in the room has left confident. Um, and if they don't, then I'll obviously give them one-to-one -one afterwards just to make sure that everyone does feel like they can do it. Brilliant. Now, tell me, um, 
people who are listening into the podcast um, today want to know about these workshops that you've just sort of explained. Where can they find out more information? Tell me, where is your online home? Where can people find this information about the workshops? Where can they find more information about you, the kind of things you do? I know that you're very active on LinkedIn and you do videos from time to time on LinkedIn that I see popping up on my LinkedIn. And believe it or not, those videos have actually inspired me to do a little bit more video as well. So, so again, where can people find more information about about you, what you do, and also Purple Dot videos? Well, um, on www.purpledot.co.uk, that's the website that I would put all my videos onto. Otherwise, um, if you add me on LinkedIn, just in Eve McCauley, it's M-A-C-A-U-L-E-Y. I know that Macaulay spelling's a bit difficult. Um, otherwise, um, the number to call is 028-877-23489, and that's to... Um, Dungannon Enterprise Centre which um, runs Purple Dot videos and there's always loads of different uh, workshops about on different enterprise centres. Um, I know there's Molusk Enterprise Centres coming up soon um, but there's always ones going about so if you call that number we'll be able to direct you to one in your area. Neve, thanks for taking time out today uh, to join me on the Zero Lives Left podcast. There's a lot of great information there that businesses can sort of take on board and really start to experiment. Um, and I highly recommend that those businesses who are listening into the show really do get themselves along onto a workshop. It really, really helps solidify some of the things that they need to be doing, but also give them that practical opportunity to practice their video. And that's really, really important. So once again, Neve, thanks for taking time out to join me on the show today. There is no doubt video is where it's at and it's something that all businesses need to be thinking about. So lots of great tips in this episode from Neve. And again, thinking about just shooting that video with your smartphone. No need to run out and invest in really expensive equipment. If you've got a decent phone, you've got a smartphone, shoot the video with your smartphone, have a look at it, see what it looks like, maybe push it out through your social media channels and see what reaction you get from your audience. Really, really important to be planning. So sit down and do a simple plan on the key messages that you want to cover in your video. I like to do a storyboard up. That's really, really helpful for me visualizing the key messages that I want to get out in my video. Having that call to action in there. What do you want your audience to do next once they've watched that video? And then thinking about taking your video to the next level. Maybe investing in a simple tripod, clip-on microphone, or indeed that gimbal, which adds a a different dimension to your video. So lots of great tips for businesses, for individuals thinking about creating video for the first time. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and you've found it useful. As always, don't forget to share it with your friends. Um, please do leave us a review over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or indeed whatever platform you are listening to this show on today. We're going to be coming back very soon with another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. If there's something you would like me to cover on the show, I would love to hear from you. Please drop me an email into zero lives left podcast at gmail.com and I'll see you very soon for another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, available from WayneDenner.com and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.